Hey everybody, thanks for stopping in and welcome to Rowdy Dragon's Fantasy Sportsbook. I am, of course, Rowdy Dragon, one of the resident fantasy experts over here at tobychristie.com. And I'll be here every week with some featured head-to-head -head matchups and I'll break them down to help you decide who you like. I'm over here crunching the numbers so you don't have to. We all know how time-consuming that can be, so let the dragon do the agonizing for you, whether you're playing just for fun or betting the odds. Speaking of odds, I'll also find your favorite driver odds and let you know just where to find them. I'll also look at some potentially good long shot driver odds and I'll cap it off with my favorite picks for the featured matchups and give you my favorite for the win. Alright, a big hello to everybody out there listening to Rowdy Dragon's NASCAR Fantasy Sports Book. I appreciate all of you coming by to have a listen. I understand there's over 40 million podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. Thank you for that. Well, you have made it to Rowdy Dragon's NASCAR Fantasy Sportsbook. And over here, we're all about the averaging. I do the averages for head-to-head matchups for driver picks. Now, before I forget, hang around till the end of the show where I'm going to feature some long play fantasy games. I play season-long fantasy games and I've got a handful of them picked out to see if y'all wanna join, do some competing against myself and others over on the other platforms. Each of the games that I'm going to mention later are all different games. So hang out and uh, we'll get those at the end of the show. So we're looking at the head-to-head -head matchups, the bonus picks that are on NASCAR Fantasy Live, as well as DraftKings, they're the uh, bonus picks that they have over there. I take the four that are on Fantasy Live and break them down for you right here. Now, whether you wanna use them for a cash payout or just to get ahead on the league, that's up to you. Now, looking at these head-to-heads, generally I'm going just head-to-head. -head. I'm not looking at the plus or minus money. That does impact how you do place bets. This is strictly for head-to-head. -head. Who's gonna come out on top with whom? What I do is I take a look at the driver career stats and then take a look at their recent races on particular tracks that compared to the weekly track that we are going to for the week. This week being Daytona. So looking at Daytona, comparable tracks obviously would be the Super Speedway package that belongs to Talladega as well as Atlanta. So let's take a quick look at the four matchups. We've got the 45 car, Tyler Reddick, going up against Kyle Busch in the eight car. You've got the 23 of Bubba Wallace going up against Austin Dillon in that number three Chevrolet. The number six car, Brad Keselowski, is head-to-head -head against the 19 of Martin Truex Jr. And lastly, you've got Ross Chastain in that one car going up against Denny Hamlin in the 11 car. This is a frequent head-to-head -head matchup all of last year. Okay, so back to the top, looking at Tyler Reddick, his career stats, he's got seven races run at Daytona, two top five, two top tens. That leads him to a 28.57 top five and top 10 average. He does have four DNFs at the track. That is 57% of his runs. And he has led 14 laps over his career on the track. His average finish is 21.9 and he still has yet to win at the track. Kyle Busch, he's got 35 races run at the track with eight top five finishes. That's 22.8% of his finishes in the top five and 11 top 10 puts him at 31.43 to finish up in the top 10. He does have 11 DNFs at Daytona, which equates to 31% of his races. That's a lot of races wrecked out. Does have a handful of laps led at 508 and his average finish is 19. 
He does have a win at the track, and that is 2.86% of his races run. So now looking at Daytona, spring, fall, Talladega in the spring and fall, and Atlanta in the spring and fall. Those are the three race tracks that I am comparing the stats. And uh, what I did was I took all the finish positions for these three races, or six races as it were, and um, we average them up as well as the driver rating. So looking at Tyler Reddick, we've got a 26.83 finish position for him after I average all these tracks with a 69.05 driver rating. Now he had an accident in Daytona in the fall, an engine failure in the spring at Talladega. Atlanta, he had an accident in both spring and fall races. Kyle Busch, he comes up with a 15.3 finish position. So that betters Tyler Reddick's 26.8. And uh, Kyle Busch, he also has a 80.62 driver rating after everything is averaged up. That compares to Tyler Reddick's 69.05. So Kyle Busch clearly better on the super speedways last season. And the irony is he is now in Tyler Reddick's car. But it wasn't uh, that Tyler ran bad last season. He did have a second place run in the fall race at Daytona. So keep in mind that this is Tyler Reddick's old car. So now the numbers favor Kyle Busch in this matchup. He also has less incidents, by the way, of accidents on the Super Speedways last season. So I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Kyle Busch as Rowdy's pick for this matchup. Curious to see what Kyle Busch can do in Tyler's old car. All right, looking at the second matchup, we've got the 23 car Bubba Wallace going against Austin Dillon in the three car. So Bubba, he's got 11 races run at the track, four top five finishes and four top 10 finishes. That equals 36.36% of his races finishing up there in the top five and top 10. Two DNFs, that's 18% of his runs. And he has 23 laps led over the course of his career there. His average finish is 12.4 and Daryl still has two in over there at Daytona. Now, he did finish second place in the spring last year, so he's well on his way to trying to get that win. Looking at Austin Dillon's career stats, he's got 19 races run. He's got four top five finishes. That's 21% of his races running in the top five and nine top 10 finishes. So he finishes in the top 10, 47.37% of his races. That's a pretty good number. He does have three DNFs, so 16% of his runs are failures, but that's a little less than Bubba's. 18%. Austin has 85 laps led, so he knows how to get to the front, and his average finish is just a bit under Bubba's at 14.7. The edge Austin does have here is that he has two wins at Daytona, so 10% of his runs have become trophies for him. Now looking at the averages of the Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta races last season, Bubba comes up with a finish position average of 12.17. Austin Dillon's average comes up to an 18.5. So Bubba clearly finished better. Driver ratings puts Bubba at 79.27, which is better than Austin Dillon's 61.48 over the last season. Austin had a couple of accidents in Atlanta, both in the spring and the fall, so that's what really drove his numbers down. So I must pencil in the 23 car for this one. He had a good run last season, finishing all the super speedways without incident, and I want drivers that can finish the race. And with his better combined finish position and driver rating, as well as his career stats, having an average finish better than Austin Dillon, I'm gonna go ahead and put Bubba Wallace in as Rowdy's pick. Moving on to the third matchup of the week, we've got the six car Brad Keselowski going up against Martin Truex Jr. in the 19 Toyota. Brad has 27 races at the track. He has three top five finishes, finishing there in the top five 11% of the time. Top 10 he finishes in 22% of the time. That means he's got six top 10s. 
Brad does have a whopping 12 DNFs at Daytona. That's 44% of his runs at Daytona end up in failure. So he's a very aggressive driver. He does have 297 laps led over the course of his career, finishing with an average finishing position of 23.1, and he does have a win behind him. Looking at Martin Truex Jr.'s stats for his career, he's got 35 races run, three of them being top fives. That puts him at 8.57% to finish in the top five, and he's got six top 10 runs in those 35 races, putting him at 17.14% chance to finish up there in the top 10. Now, Martin Truex Jr. does have a few DNFs by the way of eight, but that's only 23% of his races ending in failure compared to Kyle Busch's 44. So he is a little more subdued or just has better luck. He does have 131 laps led with an average finish of 21.5, which is just a couple of spots ahead of Kyle Busch, but does not have any wins at the track. Now, after comparing all the tracks that they ran last year, Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta once again, Brad comes up with a 20.17 finish position, where Martin Truex Jr., his average finish position was an 11.83. Brad's average driver rating over the course of those runs was a 65.82, and Martin Truex Jr., he finished with a driver rating of 81.35 after we average everything out. While Brad's career stats best Truex by a slim margin, I'll be trusting the numbers on this matchup. Martin Truex Jr. had better performance on all the speedways last season and those 12 DNFs that Brad has, which means he's a bit too aggressive, which may or may not pay off. But I want a driver that will finish the race. Martin Truex did lead both stages in the spring race. He has a knack for being up there at the front. So Rowdy's going to go ahead and pencil in Martin Truex Jr. for Rowdy's pick. Okay, the final matchup for the week. We've got the one-car Ross Chastain versus the 11-car Denny Hamlin. Ross, he has nine races run at the track, still has yet to finish in the top five. He does have a couple of top tens. That's 22% of his runs finishing up there. He does have five DNFs in those nine races. 56% of his runs end up in failure for him. He has 14 laps led with an average finish of 22.2 and is still seeking his first trophy at Daytona. Denny Hamlin has 34 races run with 11 top five finishes. That equates to 32.35% for him to finish in the top five. And he's got 12 top 10 finishes, and that means he finishes up there in 35.29% of his runs. He has five DNFs at the track, but that is only 15% of his runs compared to Ross's 56. Ouch. Now, Denny does know how to get up to the front. He has led 648 laps over the course of his career there with an average finish of 16.8. Denny is one of the best at the super speedways. He does have three wins to his credit. That is 8.82% of his runs finishing P1. Averaging out last season's tracks puts Ross at a 13.67 finish. Denny had a horrible year last year. His average finish position on these tracks came out to a 23.17. Ross's driver rating Combined comes up to an 88.28, where Denny Hamlin finished with a driver rating of 78.55. So clearly Ross was better than Denny in the new car last season. Ross had a couple of accidents in Daytona, both the spring and fall race, but so did Denny. And then uh, Denny also crashed out in Atlanta in the spring race, which is why his stats are so low. This is clearly the toughest matchup of the week. I'm going to have to watch the qualifiers to be 100% on this lock, but for now, I'm gonna go with Denny Hamlin because he is a super speedway racer. Those five DNFs that Ross has, that kind of pushes me away 
even though his numbers are a little bit better, particularly since he did win in Talladega and he had a couple of second place finishes in Atlanta. But like I said, this one may flip-flop by race day, but for now, we're going with Denny Hamlin and his experience. Rowdy's pick, the 11 car. Okay, that's enough of the head-to-head matchups. Normally, here's where I would tell you what my season average looks like. I'll just let you know that I finished off last season with these head-to-heads at 67%. That's two-thirds of my picks being correct. So I guess that's pretty good. See if we can't match that or do better this season. So next, we'll take a look at the sports books. I will take a look and see how they have the top 10 lined up, and let's see if we agree with what they have going on there. And I'll let you know where to find the uh, best values for these drivers. The casinos have three guys listed at the top, plus 1,300 for Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Ryan Blaney. So they got those as your top locks for 13 to 1. You can find Denny Hamlin on FanDuel. Chase Elliott, you can get him for that value on FanDuel as well. Points Bet and Bet Rivers. Ryan Blaney, he is also only found at Points Bet for the 13 to 1 odds. Next, you have Kyle Larson listed at 15 to 1. That's plus 1,500. He is only available at Points Bet for that price. Joey Logano is next at plus 1,600. He can only be found at FanDuel. Kyle Busch also listed at plus 1,600. That's 16 to 1 at Points Bet. Bet 365 and Unibet. Bubba Wallace falls next on the list at plus 1,800. He can be found at DraftKings, BetMGM, PointsBet, the Bogata, BetRivers. Seems like everybody's pretty much in agreement there. William Byron comes up next at plus 1,900, only on FanDuel. Next, you have Brad Keselowski, plus 2,000 on FanDuel and PointsBet. And lastly, you've got Ross Chastain listed at plus 2,200 on FanDuel. Now, I don't know why they've got Ross Chastain so far down on the list and Kyle Larson so high up. Kyle is pretty good on Daytona, but I would say that Ross is probably just as good. Um, And then slipping Kyle Busch up there over Bubba Wallace. Not sure that that sits well with me either, but we'll see how this all pans out at the end of the race. And there are a couple other drivers that I feel should be in the top 10 that are not there, particularly guys like Kevin Harvick, who's got a few wins here at the track as well. So that's your top 10 and how the casinos have them lined up. Next, we'll take a look at a couple of long shot drivers. I had a pretty good run at picking these guys last season. Let's see if I can carry this over to this season. My first long shot for this week is Corey LaJoy. All five of LaJoy's career top finishes have come on super speedways. His top 10 rate at Daytona is 25%. This is a real good opportunity for you to pick up some five to one odds for a top 10 finish. And next is a bit of a stretch, but Justin Haley. He's a driver who seems to sneak through the big ones. He has one win here due to weather, so he knows what it takes to put himself in position. Now, the colleague gang was improving throughout the 22 season, so look for a possible top 10 finish with odds of 2.3 to 1 for Justin Haley. Now, I'll pick a winner for you for this week. I did not do so well in this category last season, and in fact, this is where I struggled the most. The parity was huge in the front of the field. So I look to turn things around this season, but Daytona, let's face it, it's a tough one to pick the winner. After tossing my darts for this one, I came up with the 23 car of Daryl Wallace Jr. to pick up his first Daytona trophy. Now here's usually where I end the podcast, but like I said at the top of the show, I've got some long play games that I want to turn you folks on to because the point of playing is to get better. And if you spread out your gaming, try various different platforms, it's only going to make you better. So like I said, my forte is the long play, the season-long fantasy games. I've been playing various formats for the last 20 years or so and have become somewhat successful in my efforts. 
So if you look to become a better player, it's important to check out these different platforms. Here's some NASCAR long play games that you should look into if you want to increase your prowess. The first one, the Lap Traffic Podcast. My buddy Brandon, he's been running his own platform on this show, which is very interactive. I unfortunately can't participate in these games because it includes all three series, which requires locking in your picks before the first race of the week, usually the truck race. I just don't have the time in my life to do the homework that it takes to be a contender in his league, but I listen in and it's fun. And like I said, it's very interactive. Uh, and he's got currently about uh, 100 participants in there. Maybe I'll join one day, but the thought of losing doesn't sit well with me due to my lack of time and the necessary homework involved in all three series. I've got a reputation to uphold people. So, listen into the Lap Traffic podcast for details. Unfortunately, if you are to join at this juncture, you will have missed the truck and Xfinity race, but you can still make the playoffs pretty easily if you're diligent. More details can be found at thelaptrafficpodcast.com or hit Brandon up on Twitter at LappedTrafficPC. All right, my second long play feature is the Atop the Pit Box Gang. This is a new game to me, which looks simple enough. Not much is involved from week to week as you pick a season-long team. It's easy peasy, right? So head over to your nearest podcatcher and listen to their latest episode where Zach and Josh give the details on that league. It's also a fan-friendly podcast where they will include many of their listeners from week to week. You can sign in on their website at atopofthepitbox.com. Just be aware this one costs a few bucks, but the payout is nice, and there are many ways to cover your bet throughout the 36 races. Look for me over there as a rookie this season. All right, my third long play feature here is frcs.pro. This is a website that contains three different all-season long games. You are not playing against anyone per se, but you do have your stats tracked, and you can compare them to the experts on the website. I use this as another learning tool as the games are rather challenging. The three different games played here consist of group picks, first through fifth place picks, and driver head-to-head picks. Rowdy did quite well over here last season, beating out most of the experts in most of the categories. I look to smoke them again this year. Head over to frcs.pro, that's an acronym for Fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet, and see if you can't beat the experts too. And finally, we come to the last long play game that I am involved in for the Final Lap Weekly. I'm moderating a league playing NASCAR.com's Fantasy Live season-long game over at the Final Lap Weekly podcast. If you want to join me and currently upwards of 400 players, come have a listen to the podcast. Here I'll give you details on how to join, and I'll give weekly updates on player wins, shoutouts to stage winners in the league, and I give half of my lineup picks to you weekly as well. So it shouldn't be too hard to take me down, right? Come on over and have a listen and see if you can't beat the dragon. As a side note, I haven't fallen out of the top 10 but once in the 15-ish years of this league's existence, and that was an 11th place run. So we usually have anywhere from 250 to 500 players annually. You can listen on just about any podcatcher or head over to thefinalapp.com or tobychristie.com where you can listen directly for details. Come and join us. Let's see what you got. All right, folks, so that is it for this week. If you feel the need to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you can find me on Twitter at TheRowdyDragon, or you can find Rowdy Dragon over on Facebook. Throw me a DM if you have any questions about anything, and I'll do my best to uh, hook you up. So thanks once again for stopping in and having a listen to Rowdy Dragon's NASCAR Fantasy Sportsbook. Hopefully this puts some guitars in your pocket this week. Good luck at Daytona this weekend, and I will talk at you again next week.